0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys
1: and girls, children of all ages, it's time for What Do
0: You Call It Podcast! Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What Do You Call It? Podcast. I'm your host GB. Today's guest is an ECW original. She's a bodybuilder, MMA fighter, and a professional wrestler. Formerly known as Riptide and the Project. Please give it up for Angel Orsini. How you doing today? You okay? No, wait. How you doing? There.
1: <laughs> how you doing is the question.
0: uh but um, thank you for coming on. I'm glad to have you on. And uh, I always like doing that. Just a massive Joey fan as well. But it's all awesome. yeah. <laughs> um, Thank, just, uh, thank you for the opportunity
1: open. to connect with uh, your audience. I appreciate that. Share, share my career with them.
0: Oh, it's it's going to be a fun episode. Um, I think they're going to enjoy your story as well. Uh, just before we do talk about your wrestling career, I want to ask about the bodybuilding and the mixed martial arts. I want to ask, did you do that uh, specifically before wrestling?
1: Yes, I I did. I did it before, and then uh, nineteen ninety nine was my last year doing bodybuilding and MMA. So, um, I I did that before I started pro wrestling and during in the beginning of my pro wrestling career
0: okay and with the bodybuilding and then the mma um was that your first love or had you always been a wrestling fan um
1: no i think it was more part of just me trying to find my place in the world mm-hmm. you know with my my talent and my passion where exactly did i fit into things and it was part of the process you know when you're you're in your 20s you're trying to find your way and see where your value is and um uh, which just kind of clicks into place for you oh, and okay. i think it's that so i was just basically that was my process in trying to find my way
0: no that's that's cool i respect that do you feel like it's giving you sort of it helped you um, into your transition into professional wrestling when you would make you know your debut in your your career and start training
1: yeah I mean, bodybuilding really was based on um, health and fitness mm-hmm. and wellness, which is a lifestyle for me. So even though I only competed in 1993 or uh, and 99, I've always had a lifestyle of health and wellness and fitness and you know, a drive for athletic uh, activities. So bodybuilding was just kind of a way to, you know, showcase that maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I've always, I still bodybuild. I still weigh my food and count my calories and all of that. I think that's probably why I have such longevity in, you know, a long career.
0: I I can't say I do the same. (laughs) I I just sit (laughs) on my ass and just talk to wrestlers. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> no, no,
0: but I respect it. I actually, I know like how you know the fitness is involved, and you know to be able to do what you do for a long period of time as well. You know, massive respect as well. Um, your, I want to go to the wrestling now. What was your first memory of wrestling as a fan?
1: Coco, beware!
0: Nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. Still, still my favorite. I love it. You know. I love that whole bird,
0: bird, man. bird.
1: I had a bird, <laughs> that immediate connection. When I was a child, I had a parrot, so a uh, total fan. And, um, you know, I really, uh, I thought it was great and fun, but I was not so much a kid that watched TV. I was more too much of a maniac to kind of sit still on a saturday or a sunday morning if it was nice outside i was outside like i'm i've always been an athlete i started in gymnastics i did baseball basketball gymnastics mm. track and field i mean i did i did everything i was on my bicycle and just gone mm. like i did not sit still i still have that problem <laughs> i, I
0: still. So soon as is interview's over, you're you're gonna be doing something that involves you getting up and about.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> now that's cool And I can imagine it's being difficult then just to sit there and just, you know, not do something. But that that's that's cool. <laughs> um have you actually just before I talk about your journey into becoming a professional wrestler, um have you actually encountered Coco Biwe at any shows and met him?
1: I haven't. I he the first time ever he was at a show that I was at. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go and say I was too busy. And then when I had a moment, he was too busy. And you know, you uh-huh. got to re- everybody's there to work, and that's, yeah, I don't interfere with business. So I'm hoping the next one will be this uh, May seventh. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a Saturday. The 80s Wrestling in Morristown, New Jersey. I'll be at that one, and he will be there as well. So I definitely want to try to get there early gotta do it.
0: get a picture I mean if you could tag me in it as well just from following from this interview that would be awesome it'd be like meeting your childhood hero that in a way
1: yeah
0: absolutely Nah, no, that'd be that'd be awesome um what inspired you like to become a professional wrestler was there a specific moment um that you thought oh, okay I could do this or did someone influence you to do it
1: Um, Reggie Bennett basically talked me into it when I was in Japan. I was fighting at the Queendom Highest Wars. Um, Great honor to be there uh, representing Bart Vale, who trained me in shoot fighting, Mm -hmm. MMA. And I went there through the Fujiwara Gumi. And um, she was hanging out with me and really chatting me up about pro wrestling. And she said, you know, I should really give it a try because she thought that I would be uh, excellent at it because of my martial arts background and my physical stature. And then she encouraged me to watch the pro wrestling match with a couple of the women Mm -hmm. over there. And then I watched it and I was like, wow, this is awesome. You know, Japanese style wrestling is just it's where it's at for
0: me. It's off the charts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's just, that's my style. Cemento, you know, lay it in there. And um, so uh, when I came back from Japan, that's when I started looking for somebody to train with in pro wrestling. And I was introduced to Liz Chase and then I started training with her. Mm. It was great. I loved it. Once I got in the ring and I learned how to fall, hours you couldn't get me out of the ring
0: it was hooked to straight from like day one. It's
1: that way to be honest with you like i work out in the dojo with the with the with everybody not just the guys but mostly guys and they're like you're you don't even sweat and i'm like you know it's i started this in 1996 man you know it's just there's no substitute for that experience that yeah. ring conditioning i have it it's not going to go away as long as i keep at it you know and maintain it which i have no problem doing because i love it like i said just once i get in the ring i don't want
0: out Mm. no that's awesome i love that actually that's pretty cool um during your training uh, um was it after or during it that you would actually train um, the late China. I, I think we just actually come to a six-year anniversary of her passing, um, but I know you, was it you had her first match or was it the other way around?
1: No, she was my first uh, match.
0: Oh, okay. She,
1: dude, Yeah, she was my debut pro match. She had already wrestled. I think she'd only wrestled one other girl, though, and she had wrestled mostly men. Mm-hmm. So she... Came down to Florida and was training with my trainer, Liz Chase, because she wanted to train with women. And, um, yeah, it's very sad that it's been that long. She was a great person, a great athlete. Um, It was a joy to be around her. You know, um, I finished up, like, the last six weeks of my training was with her. So I learned a lot yeah, she was amazing. She really was a nice wonder of the world. Mm. I mean, watch her work out in the gym and throw those weights around. I'm telling you, she was phenomenal. Really amazing athlete. I mean, she leg pressed this leg press machine. She had every single weight that you could put on it. And then she asked me to sit on top of it. And, and she press that and I'm, I'm not for just one or two she leg press that thing for like 15 to failure till she couldn't do anymore yeah oh, no. and everybody watching like whoa at the gym yeah she she was phenomenal
0: yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I mean, like just, she was a trailblazer. I mean, just not just for women's wrestling, but for wrestling in general. And the fact that she's talked about to this day, you know, I mean, hopefully she does get that Hall of Fame induction uh, solo that she did one when she was around. Um, I know. Did you also do shows with Fabulous Moolah as well?
1: I was on one of her shows. Um, it was in conjunction with the Cauliflower Alley Club. Mm mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 1999 and, um, yeah, I got to, I, I had a match and then because my match got cut short, she blessed me with the opportunity to do the battle Royal and I was in there with these legendary women. I mean, there was like 20 women in the ring, Mm -hmm. something like this. I, I don't know all of them. And, um. What a it was phenomenal. I was bugging out the whole time. I don't even remember it Mm -hmm. like any other match, like any other match. I'm like very engaged and very present. It's like the matrix, it kind of slows down for me and I can see everything, even including the audience. But I'll tell you that match, it's a blur because I was marking out the whole time.
0: Uh, who, who were some of the... Sta- I you say don't remember everyone, but who were some of the stand-ups that you do kind of might have a memory of that you found yourself marking out to?
1: To be honest with you, i have never marked out in a match. Oh, okay. I've been joked to, to get the opportunity. I mean, I wrestled Lita. I wrestled, you know, China. I wrestled... To be fair, though, most of these people I wrestled before, they got their break. Yeah. You know? Um... I would say probably Dusty was the only person that I was ever really nervous to be around because his opinion of everything I did meant so much to me. And he was just such an honest soul that I knew the feedback he was giving me was really, really genuine. And he cared about my performance and he was a great teacher uh, for me. Um, I've never had that experience. The only time that ever happened to me where I don't remember the match is that one time in Las Vegas, because I knew these women were just so amazing, extraordinary to women's wrestling history. These women made history, you know, and that was just like, I I was just like, I don't remember it at all. I just remember that I was there, but I just was having this inner conversation of like, oh I can't believe I'm touching this person like oh wow, this is so cool. Like I can remember the silly things that I was saying to myself, but I don't remember what I did or what the moves were or how yeah. the outcome. I know I ended up being close to the end of the match. Uh, it blew, which blew me away that they yeah. did that for me. It was like such a huge honor, really. I'll never forget that.
0: That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Just before I talk about uh, ECW, uh, there is another name that I want to bring up, um, someone that you've had a hand in training, uh, Molly Holly. Uh, I just want to ask, uh, what was your first impression of her, and how was she uh, to train? Oh, she was just natural
1: and such a sweetheart. I mean, Mm. such a genuinely great person. She is the kind of person where, you know, she's like the example for you. She really is kind, generous, genuine, uh, just, you know, really a beautiful soul. And she's an amazing talent, you know, an incredible athlete and uh, really astute wrestler, exceptional, excellent. Yeah. And uh, anybody that would get to work with her, you know, they should definitely
0: um be grateful for that opportunity and absorb as much as you can but it's pretty it's pretty interesting that you're you've been able to try you've been able to train people um when you haven't went at the time in the business for very long kind of showed where you were if that makes sense so sort of, yeah you know, people were, were entrusting you and asked you know basically getting that knowledge to them already i mean what advice were, were you kind of given at that time i mean compared to now that the advice that you would may give if...
1: um well, first, I just want to say, you know, I think the reason why I was so advanced is because I was training every day, Yeah. you know, Friday, the only time I would ever take off from training would be if I had a wrestling show to go and do. Mm-hmm. So, and not only was I training in pro wrestling, but I was still training in MMA, which still gives you this. It's like advanced training in pro wrestling. You know, they do complement each other because it's important to have the basics and understand what makes sense in psychologically when, you, when you're putting your matches together, yes. things that would, you would do and things that you wouldn't do, you know. Um, so I think that's the reason why I was in that position to be able to teach other people. And um, I would say, you know, the most important thing is really to listen more than you talk. It's great that you have ideas. And I would say, you know, encourage people to express themselves artistically. But the truth is, that's not as important in the beginning as really having a solid foundation of the basics. Because you're hurt. Or you hurt your partner, you know. Who cares what your gimmick is, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like if you can't perform and execute, it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, it's all for nothing. Yeah.
1: The execution and being safe is the most important thing, and your gimmick, your character can is it should always be a kind of evolution Mm -hmm. and changing, and you should never get. married to your gimmick so much that you don't want to perform or do something as a different character, you know, there's a balance there. You should be able to develop yourself and your character and change it for the different situations because the objective should be to wrestle as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So you have to develop that range in your character so that it fits into other federations stories, right? They're not going to change their story for you. You know, if you're, you're not a famous person that's already made it in the business, you know, you have to change your, your story to fit into what they're doing. And the more that you can fit into that, then the more you're going to work. And really that should be your goal is to work on shows as much as possible so that you can get your name out there and build a reputation for yourself.
0: The way you've put that is brilliant. Like, I, I mean, I've, I've tried it once. I accepted that's not for me, but for any upcoming wrestlers, I think they should really take, you know, put that on a notepad right now and absorb what you just said. I really do like the way you've, you know, obviously the gimmick can be important as well, but learn the basics as well being safe. And then the gimmick can come, but evolving and adapting as well. I really like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, ECW, as I said in the beginning, an ECW original, uh, you'd end up joining ECW as the project. Until the doors closed, uh, managing the stables, side show freaks, uh, feeding with the likes of Jazz, a true legend. We really like Jazz and Dormarie. Marie. I, I want to know first: How did you end up in ECW?
1: Well, I worked. Uh, I began to develop a hardcore style. Um, there were pockets where there weren't a lot of women to wrestle. Mm-hmm. So in order to make it kind of get over better with the promoters, doing hardcore matches intergender kind of made a little bit more sense to the promoters. And Teddy Long and Rocky King, Rocky, just passed away. Rest in peace, sir. Um gave me an opportunity to, you know, work on their shows and do the hardcore matches versus the men. And then I started to kind of develop quite a repertoire in hardcore style. And I I had access to tapes of of getting my work recorded. So I was submitting that as, you know, it wasn't like, it is now where you just have your phone and anybody mm. can record
0: it. will be on it. YouTube like that, yep.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of effort to actually get somebody with a camera to record you and then get a, a tape to submit. Yeah. So I started um, submitting that tape around, and um, then I started campaigning and going to the ECW shows and working out before the shows, I was already friends with Jason Knight and I was friends uh, with Lita and they introduced me to Jazz. And so I would just go out there and train with Jason, Lita and Jazz. And then I started getting work, working with them on other promotions. So I finally submitted the tape to Tommy Dreamer and then he got an idea and he hired me as the project to 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 be the. Tag with um, the Prodigy Tom Marquez. I think we only did that maybe one or two times, but it sure. was a lot of fun. I loved it. It was great, and all of the guys were so great to me. I they really were, um, and they were so talented. Man, ECW original wrestlers. I mean, um, Jerry Lynn. I, I Jerry Lynn. Rob Van Dam, uh, Mikey Whipwreck, uh, Danny Doring, um, the Amish Warrior,
0: oh, well, he, no, it's just yeah, <laughs> Jet,
1: uh, Teddy and Nova. Super, hmm. these guys were phenomenal wrestlers, and Balls Mahoney, and I mean they were great. You know, I'm missing. Them on TV and TV now is, you know, there's a lot of really interesting characters, but, mm. um, you know, I kind of feel like if it wasn't for ECW, I don't know that there really would be the level of, of wrestling that's out there now. A Ring of Honor and mm. AEW. I, I think,
0: I think you're right, they, they wouldn't be like even just before, like the Attitude Era and the Liver Wrestling Ring of Honor, and just, you know, the, the, the talent, like you've just mentioned, just. Unreal.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that whole experience, I mean, I learned so much getting to be with a, and And it's a shame because we were really only running shows Friday, Saturday. And, you know, that was it. Mm. So I wish we were like like the way it is now where you have so much wrestling. You're wrestling on TV every single day of the
0: week. Yep. That's <laughs> so what's out there.
1: Right? I mean... If, if I could work every day around, oh, man, forget it. I would have been even more ahead than, than I am now, you know. But I, I'm enjoying wrestling now. It's a great product out there now.
0: i got to ask, but it's still an ECW, but the fans. Um... Obviously, ECW is known for its, uh, its fans and its colorful language. Uh, are there are some times where I think you've been in the ring of jazz or Dawn Marie and they'd be chanting things at you, like she's a cracker or she's you know she's got this STD. Uh, what was your like first reaction to being in an ECW ring and hearing all this being chanted at you? Did you embrace it? Did you like it? Or was it a bit like oh, a bit drawn back, yeah, you know, withdrawn from it? Oh, no.
1: I was like, yeah, I'm doing my job, David. <laughs> as much as they can and that was really applause for me because i was healed. heel so i was like yep i got them
0: <laughs> <laughs> the louder they chant, the happier you are
1: <laughs> yeah the bad they were the greater it was i was like yeah yeah like i'm shaking my head you know and i'm like i'm loving it i'm like oh, awesome <laughs> i mean really, only really
0: investing can that be a compliment to get in charge of a crackle? Yes!
1: <laughs> Only if you're the bad guy, you
0: know. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, if you're
1: if, if, if you're the hero, uh, change direction, become yes. a heel immediately. <laughs> you know, capitalize on the, on the movement going on in the crowd, definitely.
0: If I was to do some of the charts that they did in ECW at like football, uh, as you guys call it, soccer, I'd be removed immediately, so. I love wrestling <laughs> <laughs> just a few things that I want to ask more about ECW uh, just one yeah. person that hasn't been mentioned might be a surprise to the listeners Paul Heyman uh, the creator of ECW um, how many interactions did you have with him and what was he like overall to deal with oh he's
1: just like a really good teacher you know firstly uh, every pay-per-view you he's you know, the executive producer. So, you know, you're listen to what Paul says. And, uh, it, and, and then you kind of break off with your groups. Um, and each group kind of has a leader. And that's, you know, and then you work your things out. But we had a lot of freedom, as far as that goes, you know, and basically, that's the reason why we were there was because, you have to have this certain level to be hired with a company like that at that time. If you didn't understand psychology or your your in-ring performance was not something that could be predictable and executed, you know, and replicated at will,
0: mm-hmm. you, you,
1: you, you wouldn't be well, there. You wouldn't. Yes, you just wouldn't. No. No. Yeah. You wouldn't be hired. You wouldn't be allowed to do that you know, in the first place. So, um, it wasn't like it is now where they tell you everything to say, hmm. uh, you know, they would give you an outline. This is what you, we need from you. And then you had the freedom to do, you know, and if there was anything that needed correction, then they would correct you after the fact, but, You know, uh, and basically, if they need to correct you every single time you get that opportunity, then you're not going to get those opportunities anymore. You should be able to figure that out after somebody tells you something the first time. You know, if they have to keep telling you the same thing and you don't get it, then you're not going to keep that
0: opportunity. Wasting their time. Yeah, you're not absorbing what I'm telling you, this information. It's just going overhead and just why am I bothering? I I can understand that. Been very frustrating for the talent and for those that aren't willing to learn.
1: Yeah, I mean, for everybody else that's at that level, you can't hold them back with your stuff. You're just not ready yet. So Mm. you go back down the ranks and you know, get more training, get repackaged, and try again later after you you do figure it out and you can, you know, give them what they're asking you to give them, you know. Okay. Um, Yeah, that's about it. I mean, Paul was great to work with he's really everything you would um expect him to be to be honest you know he's a great teacher and he's a genius Mm -hmm. and you know it's like he'll tell you something it's like somebody turned on the light for you and you were in the darkness before and you're like wow (laughs) like that's brilliant (laughs) (laughs) and the more that you're around him the more that you will think like him you know yeah. there were a couple of other people that were in the locker room that were really great leaders of course simon diamond was one of them you know that's why he had that group pat kinney was great to work with and he's a genius in his own right obviously because look at his career even after ecw and even still yeah. now
0: and he's Working still- for such a long time yeah
1: yeah And I would say Ravens, you know, Scotty was uh, another person who was a great teacher and who could really help you polish up. And um, of course, Jerry Lynn Hmm. and New Jack. New Jack was great.
0: I want to hear about New Jack. (laughs) True. Really,
1: he could really wrestle. Um, He would do clinics before before the show and really get in there and teach people and he was a great wrestler and he was a great person but he was very misunderstood yeah you know and um i i for that i'm sad because he was a dear brother to me and he really helped me a lot and he helped me polish a lot actually to get me ready for tv it's kind of a little bit different if you're used to working wrestling shows and then you go on to TV, there are things that you need to know yeah. to, to be aware of. And um, you know, if somebody doesn't tell you those things, you're not gonna you're not gonna learn it just on your own. Um, you can only do so much self-correction without somebody from the outside who is an expert looking in and giving you those pointers to help you polish. And you should always look for those opportunities because that is the kind of stuff that will hold you back from going to the next level. And you shouldn't let anything hold you back from going to the next level. If you do all this work, it's, you know, reasonable and rational, logical that you would push forward and, you know, keep keep correcting until you can polish yourself to get that opportunity.
0: I didn't. I didn't realize New Jack was that important uh, to you in your know, career. That's that's awesome. It made me smile a little bit because I loved him. And obviously, the rest of the World Boston last year, um, which is a bit sad. But obviously, I think everyone sort of embraces how great a character he was, fans and his colleagues as well. Um, thing I like about ECW, we're talking about in 2022, fans still talk about it. And I've had guests previously, just incredible, Chili Willie, and they've embraced how much ECW was like a family you know, backstage, you wanted to help each other. Um, how was it that you found out that The Doors would be eventually closing in 2001?
1: <laughs> I mean, I really didn't until it was like we, it was like, well, there's only these shows and then there's no more shows. And it was like, oh no, <laughs> like, and, and it was, it was hard for me. I, I'll tell you, it was a really emotional time because I was living out of my car and I was basically homeless the whole time I was in ECW. Nobody knew that or let anybody know that. I had like a storage unit here, a storage unit here uh, in this other area. And then I left the rest of my belongings at my family farm in New Jersey. And um, I would just travel and live out of my car. And, and when we were in this area, would switch out gears and stuff from my storage unit there and yeah and unfortunately i lost a lot of my belongings too because one of the storage units my rent um, i wasn't able to pay it um so i lost all the stuff that was in that tr- that unit so it's it's kind yeah. of it's it's a lot of self-sacrifice um
0: yeah that's commitment though people don't realize like, what you have to do sort of getting that far in industry. Yeah. That is, that's, that's bonkers, that is. But, you know, but we're, we're I think, obviously, as a brighter side, there is a happy ending to this. Um, it's not all doom and gloom, which is good. Uh, there is one person I think we did touch on, but I think you've wrestled a lot of times over the years. She retired not long ago. But, you know, I'm going to say, Jazz. Just as- want to ask. Um, yeah, you know, basically, how was she to work with inside the ring, and what's she like outside the ring as well.
1: Jazz is one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. I, I talk to jazz all the time. Like it, it's weird if I if it goes too much time without talking to her, you know, it's it's weird. Um, yeah, she's my sister from another mother. I, I love them, I, I, and when I say them, I mean her husband too, oh, Rod, right. Back, right. right. And they're great people. They are really good people and they're great teachers. Um, if anybody wants to get into this business and they're in Texas, I would recommend training out of their dojo, the dog pound. Um, uh, they're, they're just, I can't, there's not enough words that I can use to describe Uh, how awesome they are, what what their vibe is. It's just positive all the time. And they can help anybody Mm -hmm. uh, learn their strength enough to make it a, a career in wrestling. If they're willing to put the time and the effort and the consistency in, they can definitely get somewhere for sure. Great teachers, great people to be around. Uh, It is like a family. They carry on that ECW vibe, tradition Mm. of it being a family. And um, they're very dear people to me, really important.
0: Yeah, so I can tell, like, the positivity, like, you're talking about them. I think, in general, you're quite a positive person. I've noticed on your social media and uh, past interviews as well, and I, I think it's sort of, it's come across very well in, on the interview um, when the fans and the listeners will watch this. So it's it's good that you, you know, you speak high of her as well and speak high of everyone, I think I've noticed. It's, it's nice, especially from being an um, ATW original as well.
1: <laughs> I, I think, you know... To me, women in this business is a little bit different. We really need, there is a bond there.
0: Mm It
1: is a good. And when I first came in, it was a little bit messed up. I think it was because of the influence of Moolah on people that there was maybe damage that had been done, you know, in, in how people were maybe uh, maybe felt that they were taken advantage of. I don't, I can't speak to any of that because I didn't experience that. Yeah. I do know that some of those people, um, were not very accepting of new people and, um, they treated people poorly. Um, and I, I saw that and I never wanted to, to be that you know, I wanted to be a different example. And um, I want to make sure to, it really mattered to me that every locker room that I go to, it's like a sisterhood, that women feel supported. And um, I think I think I've, that I've had a lot of um, opportunity to work with women who were new, and they, when I see them again later, have thanked me instead that, you know, that I helped them and made a difference. And really, at the end of the day, that's, you know, what you have. People aren't going to remember maybe what you said or the moves that you did in your match. Sometimes people don't even really remember who won the match. They just remember what a great match it Mm. was.
0: How it made them feel sort of thing.
1: Yeah. And people will remember how you made them feel. And that's what we really have, that's what matters to me. I want people to feel that they, it was worth their time and effort to go to the show, to experience one of my matches. I want the girls that I work with to feel like it was worth the effort that they put into it, that they did something that they're proud of. We told a great story and we had the response that we wanted. I think that that's
0: you know a worthy a worthy purpose. No, that, that's pretty good. Uh, there is a thing I want to touch on. It's actually your your time in Europe because I've got a lot of European listeners and I'm in the UK, England. Just for yeah. out there, um, I just want to ask you: How was your experience in Europe? You wrestled in was Germany, Holland. Um, you didn't come to England, like, did you? Just out of curiosity. No,
1: yeah, I did. I wrestled. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I was in England for the 1999 Transatlantic Championships, which I believe was the first time they had women wrestling on uh, TV in the UK. I wrestled with Katerina Waters for NWA UK, and there was uh, a girl named Violet Flame, who was also in that tournament, and uh, that was for NWA UK. and. Um, We even did a cool thing on the T on regular TV, like the news, because they said it was the first time they had women Mm
0: -hmm. wrestling
1: TV in the UK. And I got to slam this guy who was like a a TV anchor for the news or something. He was like really famous guy. He had asked, he's like, could you could you do something with (laughs) Please, and I was like, I'm like, I looked at everybody, I'm like thinking he's a very old gentleman. Looking <laughs> at Are you sure? <laughs> he was so into it. I said, okay, you know, I'll take him and I'll like slam him on the desktop or something. So, and that's what I did. Yeah, that was uh, a is lot of footage
0: fun. of this. I've got to say this. Like, I, I'm kind of curious now which like news presenter was or what celebrity would have been.
1: I don't know. I I, I don't know. It has to be in relation to the transatlantic uh, championships. So there was wrestlers from America, wrestlers from Australia, Mm -hmm. and then of course your, your British wrestlers.
0: I'm gonna to have to yeah. a date for this. I'm gonna search this like mad tonight after this interview after recorded whilst I'm editing this. <laughs> if
1: you find it, please send it to me and I'll see it-
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like to think I do my research quite well for my guests, but that is something I like even I'm quite yes, I need to find that out. But no, that's 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 gonna be if I can't find it, I can't find it, but I will search for that, definitely.
1: And I um I did wrestle at the Buxton's there in uh, the UK. And one summer I did this whole tour. Oh, oh my the goodness. family
0: shows like a campsite. Sort of. um,
1: yes, they're all yeah. over the place. Oh, they're, my! They're goodness. very popular
0: in the UK. Like they're very family shows, but they they make so much. They always busy, and you know they they quite sometimes wrestlers seem to be nights off in a way.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I wrestled uh, Lexi Fife there as Riptide. We did one summer there, and then I went over to Europe and I did the European tour with. Um, Eurostars and like you said, wrestled in uh, Holland, Belgium, France, um, Germany. And then I also went to Africa and nice. wrestled. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, gorgeous there. All tropical islands. Beautiful. Miss yeah, I had a that great text. I like it. <laughs> yes. It was loved. that's awesome. I got to wrestle uh, Vesna quite a bit, and then there was a few other girls that were kind of, I don't know if they really stayed in wrestling, and then I got to wrestle the men. Oh, that was great. I got to uh, do some, um, uh, I think it was considered the men's light heavyweight division, and I wrestled several of the guys through uh, Holland, the Netherlands. And uh Belgium as well. Well, they're right there, right next to each other.
0: Yeah. So yeah I yeah.
1: really enjoyed it. And I'll tell you, uh, the fans are great in Europe. Oh, so into it. They loved having like a strong woman wrestling, these guys. They were totally into it. I I love the the crowds were
0: great. We proper, like, really, really appreciate wrestling over here, as you probably noticed as well. Like, we really, we don't take it for granted, like, any time there's a show on, like, from from the kids to the adults, everyone's getting involved, there's chance, and just everyone's having a good time, and that's what wrestling should be. Uh, Would you have any plans? I mean, I know the world's been a bit shit, to be fair, with the pandemic and the war as well, which is sad. But, uh, I mean, you know, hypothetically speaking, would you want to tour again Europe, Africa, um, and any other places at the top of your head would you like to go to?
1: Absolutely. You know, I'm uh, wrestling is my passion, and I want to, you know, I, I don't take it for granted that mm-hmm. I'm still wrestling after all this time. So I am 100%, you know, uh, physically fit. I am able, I feel like I'm wrestling the best matches I've I've ever had because the women that are out here now are, mm. you know, they're they're a superior athlete to the women that were 10 and 15 years ago in this business. Mm. So I definitely I'm ready. I would love to go to Australia because I haven't been to the there. Yeah, and I would love to go to Japan again and get to do pro wrestling there because when I was there before, it was MMA. Um, I would love to travel the world and keep doing this for as long as I can until I actually either just feel like I don't have it anymore. And I will be honest about that because I do have a certain standard that I need to perform at. And if yeah. I can't do that, then... I- would probably just go and manage or valet some.
0: You'll still be involved so actively in and even being like a producer or something.
1: Yeah, I, I would be fine to go be a producer or be a coach or something else if I couldn't perform anymore. But I definitely still have a lot more in me, a lot more good stories to tell, things I still haven't done hmm. that i love to do. And I would be happy to go back to Europe England or anywhere in in Europe, love Europe and uh, Japan. I definitely want to go back to Japan and Australia. I've never been to Australia. I know that they have great talent out there and, um, you know, live the dream. Still got to keep living the dream. Keep defending these mm. two
0: belts. I was gonna say there's two belts. Uh, I mean, they've caught my eye. I, I, I am. i do that. I mean, now you you mentioned them as well. I mean, they've caught my eye. I think anyone watching is like, oh, they're, they're nice shiny belts. Um, the belts that you hold in front of me. Could you explain the championships um, that you represent? Sure,
1: sure. This is the uh, Spartan Championship Wrestling Women's Championship belts, and this is the Funhouse championship wrestling title belt. I'll be defending this belt, um, this weekend, Saturday in Bayville, New Jersey. Um, so it's going to be a good match. And, um, this, uh, Spartan championship belt, I'll be, uh, defending that on May 22nd against, um, Karen Bam Bam. I'm excited about that
0: nice nice i mean i will put your details in the description below so if anyone wants to see your upcoming events or anything like that i will put that below just a few more questions and i will let you enjoy the rest of your day and um, because okay. it's still early afternoon for you so happy days for me it's not too late actually it's not, not too bad um but that's cool uh, i actually want to ask about uh, women's uh superstition night at wsu uh, i know you had a great run there and you held a lot of championships there i just want to ask what's some of your favorite memories and moments in the company
1: yeah, I would say um, my favorite memories are the Iron Woman match. We did the 67 minutes straight uh, main event. Um, we wrestled everywhere in that building, even outside in the street, actually even in the ring truck. <laughs> and um, <That's> <laughs> the whole time, it was really a pinnacle of that time and um we did a texas bull rope match and a ladder match and that those three matches were versus mercedes martinez i believe you can see the steel cage match it's on youtube is, uh, yeah, that was seen it. I,
0: yeah. <laughs> um
1: you know wrestling Mar- mercedes martinez she's one of my favorite opponents to wrestle it's just, you know, I, I've known her since she started wrestling. When, you, when you've when you known somebody and had that many matches, it's just, it's like easy. It's mm. like putting butter on toast. But that becomes
0: like a night off for you, wrestling someone you know inside and out, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just you can read the body language of what's going on and mm. you just, you know, we, we know where we're at. It's, it's really an awesome feeling as a, a wrestler to be able to have that kind of uh, um, synchronicity with your, mm. with your opponent. You know, and we've been able to replicate that. Uh, it's not just Mercedes Martinez. I have that with Jazz. Amy Lee, primetime Amy Lee is another one. I had great matches with her. We just feel it out. We knew where we were at and, and could go with it. Um, there's a couple of really great women that I feel like, you know, I could have rivalries with today that would be similar to that.
0: I, that is actually going to be one of my last questions I was going to ask um, in terms of you just mentioned it, but I'll follow up on it. Who in the wrestling world, in terms of the, the, the female talent in the, the women's wrestling world, who's caught your eye and who do you think would make a good opponent for uh, Angel? Well, say it.
1: So I, I, you know, I wish I knew everybody's like. Sometimes I know people by their real name, and I don't know their ring name. And sometimes I know their ring name, but I don't. know <laughs> <laughs> Like, right? So, like, uh, there's a, there's a Gabriella. I don't know her last name. I know she trains out of the Monster Factory. Um, I'm really looking forward to somebody booking some matches with versus her mm-hmm. um there's a valentina that i'm going to be wrestling this summer for if i can retain this belt um then she will be my next match
0: you will too. spoiler. But,
1: yeah <laughs> but, uh so i'm looking forward to her i'm looking forward to wrestling uh karen bam bam um I loved wrestling P.J. Whip and Ashley A. Wrestler. They're very talented um, women. And um, I do, I would like to, you know, if I was to get on TV somewhere, I would say um, I would love to wrestle Britt Baker. I think she's phenomenal. And Thunder Rosa, wow i i have wrestled nyla rose before um oh, cool. when was that uh, yeah that was in i think wsu i wrestled nyla rose or it, I, how long
0: she's actually been doing this for wrestling wise
1: yeah she's been wrestling for a long time I, yeah i yeah um i think i was you know one of her first few matches. so you know, just to have wrestled her then and to see mm. her now, I would love to wrestle her again. I mean, she is just, she's awesome. Yeah. She, she is. And um, let's see, who else? Um, well, there's a bunch of girls that just got picked up by WWE. So, you know, unless I go there, I'm not going <laughs> to... You know, they kind of have a cutoff that they won't hire anybody
0: over twenty five. So yeah, I- yeah, because oh. they've changed it now. Like even like the um, original Black and Gold NXT, they were very like flexible of age. Like it, it didn't really matter. But now the new NXT is just like all you know. If you, once you finish school, get in the ring. Like <laughs> it's it's a weird concept. But like, AEW, I've noticed they're quite they're they're really like all ages or doesn't matter who you are. As long as you got the talent, we will give you a chance. I've noticed that.
1: Yeah. And I love also Abaddon. I, I love her whole gimmick. It looks great.
0: Her, looks great.
1: It is great. There's also, you know, um, Holly dead and Rosemary. They do like the demonic kind of set. I love that.
0: Yeah. Holly it, dead's good.
1: I, great. You know, I would love to work with any of those girls. And uh, Sue Young is another one. Now, I met Sue Young before she became the Sue Young, that this demonic uh, character. And she is, uh, you know, she was great to work with before. So I can only imagine that it's even better to work with her, you know, getting mm. this character um, for so long uh mickey james is awesome i love mickey james i i wrestled mickey james when she was alexis Lorraine.
0: that's uh you know yeah that was
1: ovw time
0: how oh i, I will make the last question Don't though I? I feel like once i get someone's name i'm like oh this that this that um but because I, I, I know you've done ovw as well uh how was your running ovw i mean how was the experience overall
1: Well, so OVW, I wasn't really a wrestler. What I was doing was I was working out with the girls there. So I actually worked out with Serena Deeb when she was in school there, learning. And I booked her for her first match. I think I was her first match. I might, it was either her first or second match. So it was more like I was a coach Mm -hmm. there and I just couldn't stay there anymore because, you know, I couldn't get like a regular job to keep me anchored there. So I had to kind of come back to the Northeast. Um, so yeah, that's uh, very, that was great because you had Al Snow and Paul Heyman there together. Oh my oh, God. Oh, you there
0: during Paul Heyman's time. Cause I think I also went Cornette, you know, slapped Santino, got the boot. So you just, that's when you did IW. Oh, wow. Yes.
1: And then Paul was hardly there then mm. because then he was doing TV uh, so much. I think I only saw Paul the whole time I was there one time. So, yeah, because he was just busy doing TV Yeah, for WWE. And, um, you know, but Al is great. Oh, my goodness. If anybody he is really pro women too in, in the business. So he's a great guy, a great teacher and a great talent. You know, you don't get, see, that's the thing. And I would caution people who want to go learn from people just because of what you saw them be on TV. Yeah. So being a great performer or yourself being a great wrestler It does not always translate to that person being a good teacher or even a good example of a person for you to be around. They don't necessarily go hand in hand. I would say, you know, go to a school where they have a lot of people that come out of that school that get jobs on TV. If that's really what you want to do and listen to them because they know what they're talking about. Don't they put out all this talent because those people listen to them, you know? Um, so yeah, that would be my words of caution. I'm in Jersey. I train at ECPW under Gino Caruso, um, that he's a great teacher. He puts out a lot of great talent that goes on to have wonderful careers and, um, the monster factories, like the borderline of like, uh, philadelphia and new jersey over there mm-hmm. that's a great place to get your training because they put out a lot of great talent that gets jobs in both
0: matt made all or- came from there didn't he? i think uh Punchback martinez i could be wrong on that one i don't know
1: yeah uh, all i know is pretty much every wrestlemania there is somebody that has graduated from that school and on that show and that is quite an extraordinary thing to have on your resume right not a lot of schools can say that if you're in texas i would recommend you going to the dog pound training with jazz and rodney mack um, in florida there are a lot of good schools i would say if there's a school um, where you have uh, mercedes martinez training out of that you would want to go to that school um also you know any ecw original um like if you're in new york uh tommy dreamer i think has a school house of hardcore you know they put out a lot of talent um yeah
0: anyone that is aspiring to be a wrestler please take notes and obviously, I really hope you've enjoyed the interview as well. I think one thing to summarise this up, I mean, you've been so influential and in being able to interact with legends of the business, the current talent and the future as well. Just, you know, such, it's such an evolution of what you've been through. And you're still involved in wrestling, holding the gold, what I can see right there. Um, and, you know, th- and there's still room for more gold and there's still room for more things to put on your CV and for you to tick off on your, uh, career that is still going, that is still going strong. Where can the listeners find you on social media?
1: Oh, okay. So on social media, it's pretty easy. I'm the Angel Orsini on Instagram, on Twitter, and my Facebook official fan page, the Angel Orsini. Um, My website is angelorsini.net. And as I grow, I am going to be on other social media platforms besides that. Oh, and I have a TikTok, also the Angel Orsini. Um, So as I grow into these other forums, um, please, you know, check. I would just check back at my website,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, point for the updates, and you'll get those updates when I join a new social media platform like Discord and things like that. You'll know, and you'll be able to connect with me there. I am about to launch some material on a YouTube channel. I'm working on editing that video stuff now. It's going to be matches. There's, I have a podcast also, but it's strictly, um, relegated to women's wrestling where i break down the current matches and storylines on wrestling tv that's so. pretty
0: cool i mean like i think what's the point now like the women are really outshining the men and it's just not one off on a regular basis as well um you know i think especially since parkour my eyes has really opened not just mainstream women's wrestling but independent women's wrestling as well
1: yes you know women are are main eventing thunder rosa and Nyla Rose was made event for Battle, battle of the battle.
0: Yeah. And really, they, I think they had the best match on the show. Oh, my God. It was phenomenal. It was mm.
1: absolute perfection. I mean, they had us exactly where they mm. wanted every turn in that match. I would be so very proud of the
0: effort if I were them. Mm. Um, it was a good match. We enjoyed it.
1: I enjoyed it that nice. whole show, oh too, by the way. Dalton Castle and John Gresham. That was a phenomenal match.
0: and um, Oh, uh, Sammy against uh, Scorpio Sky.
1: Yes, and that was phenomenal. Getting the belt back, terrific.
0: And they finally made them a heel because I think the fans were just, they're just like, you know the fans just don't like you, and they let you know. And I think now they've cemented that they are giving the fans what they want, basically.
1: I mean, and you should. Why work against it? You have so else in a production when you're trying to put on a production it's a Mm -hmm. lot of work people have no idea what time you have to be at the arena and all that goes into putting on a show okay if the fans want go with that instead of fighting you know Mm -hmm. who wants to swim upstream go with the flow baby it's it's worth it in the end it really is
0: that's that's awesome and what have you got lined up um for the next few months and any specific shows any specific projects i think you mentioned about the podcast and the video channel but is there any specific shows that you want to plug um as we wrap up this show
1: i would say you know definitely support uh titan championship wrestling is a network Mm -hmm. uh House wrestling is a part of that network um you know that's this weekend april 23rd um Then there's going to be Spartan Championship Wrestling, May 22nd match, where I defend the belt. Uh, They also have an independent um, school. And um, if you're interested in learning, that's a good place to learn. It's uh, a monthly fee to go and uh, train. Um, I would say the other thing that I'm working on we didn't talk about. Is I'm working on a health and wellness podcast, and I'm going to be launching that very soon. The name of the company that I I own is Elevated Living. I've been working on a curriculum to help people with things like wanting to get rid of bad habits Mm -hmm. and start new, healthier habits. Um, Everything from like going vegan to just getting healthier or um, trying to manage anxiety or anger management or type, those types of things. Um, we have curriculums for those things and I'm working on the webinars that will be uh, launched. It's very uh, affordable. You know, webinars like $4.99 and then there's additional coaching that people can get to help them carry on what they learn and implement that into their life. It's going to be a podcast, but it's also going to be special coaching programs. And we have different levels of coaching that are, you know, fit different
0: people's budgets.
1: So um, I would check for that. And that'll be announced through my social media and on my website as well.
0: Awesome, awesome. I'll put the details in the description below. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on because I know your time's limited, uh, but I've really enjoyed the show. I've cracked up a few times as well, and hearing about people that I've generally like, you know, grown up with as well. To hear that they, you know, they had a positive impact in your career and your life as well. Um, I know the new day sets catchphrase, but I generally feel that you sort of um, spread that power of positivity. And it's not just a gimmick, it's it's awesome. So thank you for coming on. For everyone that has listened to this episode of What do You Call It? podcast, there's going to be more episodes uh, actually coming out this weekend, so stay tuned. If you can like, subscribe, please do so to this channel. It means I can get more guests that are so cool, such as Angel scene and others as well. Um, but for now, everyone, enjoy the rest of your day, evening, week, whenever you listen to this. But just... Embrace yourself. Be positive. Take care, everyone.